Hey y'all, welcome back. Today is gonna be so fun because I have my friend Renee here to share her story of how she doubled down on her faith and trusted God in the midst of the unknown. Y'all, this woman is fire. She is such a light in this world and her perspective is so powerful. Renee, I am glad you're here. Thank you so much for being brave enough to share your story. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I know y'all are sick of hearing me talk every week, so I'm going to turn it over to my sweet friend to share her story. Renee, tell our listeners a little bit about this journey that you've been on. Sure. Uh, about two years ago, actually, um, just come up on an anniversary of two years of my very last chemo, so I've got a lot of uh, anniversaries coming up here pretty soon. May was two years um, from my mastectomy, mm. so I've got a lot of celebrations and um, sometimes a little bit of sad feelings at the same time. I would say probably in the last week, um, I've really been embracing the fact that I am a survivor. Mm. And the very first time that I said that I was a survivor, um, I cried because I first I was sad that I was a survivor, that I had to be one. And then second, I also felt very empowered that I had done it. Mm. So over the last two weeks, I've been wearing um, some breast cancer stuff and I have some earrings and bracelets. And so I've just been kind of putting them on and wearing it as a badge of, you know, look what I did and no one knows, but I have it on and it makes me feel good. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's interesting. The anniversaries come up. So like I said, Two years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I found a lump. Um, I was not doing a soft breast exam, but I found it. And so I would say, do your breast exams, get your mammograms. Um, if you have a family history, you can do um, genetic testing if you're just worried about it. Um, I would say with anything with your health, if you have a question, it's better to just get the test, get it done and check it out and you'll have peace of mind and then you'll know if you're possibly having a real problem or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I found the lump, went to the doctor, of course, got a mammogram. And because I had found a lump, um, they immediately scheduled um, an ultrasound. So we had that done. And they told me that at that time, it probably looked like cancer, but they wouldn't know until we did um, a biopsy. So I had a biopsy done and um, it came back uh, that it was in fact breast cancer. So then you start talking about, okay, what kind of treatment are we going to have? You have to find a surgeon. Um, what kind of surgery are you going to have? Is it going to be a lumpectomy? Is it in both breasts? And because I have both um, very dense breasts, they wanted to do an MRI-guided biopsy because cancer can be hiding in some of that dense tissue. So I had an MRI biopsy, and that was probably the first time that I kind of broke down emotionally about what I was experiencing. Um, it's very uncomfortable, the position um, that you're in in this MRI, because you have to be facing down, so your breasts are kind of hanging through a hole. And um, I started getting um, like muscle cramps in my shoulders and my upper arms, and I started kind of like trembling and shaking. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And they tell you, you can't move during this test. If you move, it could cancel the test. So you feel all this pressure of, 
I've, I've, I've got to do it. I don't want to come back, you know, and screw up this test. And I, it was just a lot. At that point, I had already been diagnosed. I knew that I had cancer in one breast. I might have it in the second breast. So there was just a lot happening. So um, after that, it came back that I was positive for um, cancer in the other breast. And there was a no-brainer. I was going to need a double mastectomy. Um, after that, you did a genetic testing to see um, if I was BRCA1 or 2 positive. After those results came back, I have two gene mutations. One of them is BRCA1. The other one is BRIP1, which is linked to ovarian cancer. So I knew that I was going to have to kind of tackle two problems. Um, the ovarian cancer, there was no evidence of it. Um, but I knew that I was going to have to do something prophylactic so that I didn't develop ovarian cancer. Wow. Okay. So seriously, y'all, I'm telling you this girl is fire. You know, as I sat next to Renee at one of my favorite coffee shops, me with my coffee and her with her tea, I was in complete all of the faith that she has. I could literally feel the emotions pouring off of her. I saw the pictures of every stage of the cancer and the treatment. And one of the things that Renee said to me that I hope I never forget is that her body and her life are God's. She said that when you get a diagnosis like cancer, you have to be intentional about how you view what you're experiencing. And that's when the full weight of the impact of a tribe really hit me because your view of the circumstances that you're experiencing are greatly impacted by those that you choose to have in your tribe. So they can either be negatively or positively impacted. It really just depends on who you surround yourself with. Renee, talk a little more about how investing in your tribe and the good times laid the foundation for those same friends to be able to walk with you and support you in the valley. Sure. Um, I think people sometimes don't realize the value of having not only people around you, but positive people around you. Um, if you've got some negative friends, what they're giving to you is negativity and you want positive people around you and you want to be a positive person for somebody else. And one of the things that I truly value is um, relationships with people, whether that's family or friends. Um, you know, having someone who understands you and you understand them and sharing a part of yourself and how you think and how you feel with another person starts to bond and connect you. Mm. And it does even more when you're talking about God. When God is the center of something, um, it goes beyond just a friendship. It kind of becomes almost like um, a, a love relationship. And I don't mean like a romantic relationship, but just, sure. just a friendship love. Mm. And there, you know, you can't do that with 20 people, 30 people. Um, but you can do that with a handful of friends that if you share what's real and honest about yourself, then they can do the same for you. And I think sometimes where people um, may get bitter or disenchanted when they go through an experience in life where they feel like their friends have ab abandoned them, I really think that's a time for self-reflection mm -hmm. of did I really 
put my efforts into building this relationship when I wasn't in a crisis. Mm. Because it's not really fair to say to a person, well, you weren't there for me and I never extended myself to you. I never made myself vulnerable to you. And then to expect someone to help pick up all your pieces. Mm -hmm. That's not something that um, I really think is an appropriate way to conduct a friendship, really. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I think about how Jesus had his three and then he had his 12. And that's what Renee is talking about. She's talking about having that intimate group of people that you're vulnerable with. And scripture is so clear. It says that iron sharpens iron. And I believe that with all of my heart, y'all. It's what this entire ministry is built on. When you get the diagnosis or the test results, you have a choice to make. So either you see it as a hardship and an absence of God's love and provision, or you see it as a way for the Lord of armies, the King of kings, to pave a path forward and to use your story for the greater good. Renee, talk a little bit about the impact of your mom's experience with cancer and her foundation of faith how that impacted your own journey and helped you to keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Yes. My mother is, um, an incredible woman of God. She, I have never, uh, grown up not knowing Jesus. Um, I was raised in a Christian home and my mother could be found reading her Bible. My mother could be found praying sometimes crying while reading and praying. And she was always, always sharing information with me. And about, I I think it's like 12, 13 years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time was very small. She had a lumpectomy and radiation, but she absolutely believed that no matter what, God was going to be there. He was going to take care of her. He was her strength. He was her foundation. He was her rock. I mean, like the way that I'm describing this to you is the language that my mother used of, you know, Satan, not today. It was that, you know, I'm pressing forward. I am not going to let this hold me back. Um, She is a very driven person Mm -hmm. and she was my example. Um, Fast forward a few years. um, She was diagnosed with uterine cancer, um, had a hysterectomy and... um, a couple years after that, she was some, experiencing some bleeding while she was urinating. Well, it turns out that there were some uterine cells that were left behind, and she had a tumor that was growing outside and inside of her bladder. And because of that, it had blocked the flow of urine to one of her kidneys, and she had a failed kidney. So she needed a pretty significant surgery to resect her bladder, mm. um, also to, um, to take out the kidney that wasn't functioning anymore. And um, she had quite the recovery um, from that surgery. Still, through it all, my God says mm. that my work is not done until I'm not here anymore. So until that day, I will continue to pray and believe and trust God for my needs because I'm still here. And so those were the examples. Now, when my mom was going through this second reoccurrence, it was the same time that I was going through my treatment. It was also during COVID. Mm. 
So my mom and I could not see each other. Um, she lives about three hours away and neither one of us was really able to travel during that time because she was recovering from surgery and um, she did have some complications uh, during her recovery. And I was having chemo every week and um, couldn't really leave the house. I was tired and, you know, we just wanted to keep each other healthy during that time. So there were times where I would call and I would say, Mom, I'm having a hard day. And I would cry on the phone. And then she would call me and say, I saw a commercial about cancer and it just makes me so angry. Mm. You know, I saw a commercial about cancer and taking this drug. And she said, and when I see those, I just want to throw something at the TV. (laughs) (laughs) And so we would commiserate about our frustrations. But at the same time, it would always lead to, you know, but God's with us, Renee. And I would Mm. say, but thank God, God's with us. Right, mom. And we were able to be a strength for one another during that time. Um, So it really is true. You know, you may not have a diagnosis of cancer, but you may have a strained relationship with a loved one. Or you might have a situation at work that seems like you can't get over the hump. Mm -hmm. You may have depression in your own life that you can't get over. There are lots of hurts and lots of pain. And... God is how we get through by depending on him, by allowing his word to heal our wounds Mm. and our hurts and our bitterness. That is how we move on. Yeah. There was a time in my treatment where I had a night where I just couldn't sleep. And that night I thought about everything that cancer and COVID had taken from me. Mm. That I couldn't be with my friends. I couldn't go to work. I didn't know if I was going to have a job. I'm a teacher, by the way, and I love my students. I teach preschool, so that was really hard for me. So many things. Mm -hmm. And I sat and I just cried and I felt sorry for myself. And I woke up the next morning. I finally did fall asleep. And I thought, how stupid are you? Why did you do that? You wasted time feeling sorry for yourself when you have so many things to be thankful for. Mm. So many ways that you are blessed. And I just was kicking myself. And I said, Renee, you will never do that again. You will never allow the enemy to tell you lies. Mm. And to allow you to just wallow in your self-pity when you could have been praying. You could have been thanking God for those good things that you do have and looking on the bright side of things. And I said I would never, I would never do that again. Now, it's okay to allow yourself to feel sorry. I'm not saying that you know, you can't feel sorry about, you know, worry about your circumstance or feel bad about it because you absolutely can. I mean, was I warranted to feel bad I had cancer? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I could probably allow myself that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't stay there. Yeah. You're just wasting time. You can't stay there for an hour, two hours, two days, two weeks because life needs to be lived. Mm-hmm. 
and we can't stay there because God doesn't want us to because he has an answer. We might not see it right away, but he has an answer. And not only that, he has comfort Mm. and that can come immediately. That's right. That's so true. There is so much power in having parents whose faith can't be shaken. And I think about, you know, my own journey and motherhood and the things that I'm teaching my kids. And I just admire Renee's mom so much. Like what a gift her mom was to her and she was to her mom in the midst of what they were experiencing. And that's what having a tribe is all about. It's being together in the valley because it's really easy to be with people when you're on the mountaintops. But when you're down in the valley, it's a totally different story. And I think it's true. Like you will find out who your true friends are when you go through something like a diagnosis. So Renee, what one piece of advice or encouragement would you give to someone who has just received a diagnosis? Well, first, don't be afraid of collecting information because information helps you make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've had some people, well, I don't know what kind, what kind of cancer I have. Well, You should find out that information and make it a priority to know everything that you're going to be experiencing because then you'll know, okay, I can go this route, I can go that route, and you are a well-informed individual. The second thing is um, don't be afraid to take a loved one or a trusted friend with you to your appointments because it's going to be difficult for you to take in all the information that you're hearing because you have an emotional component. And sometimes all you can think is, I have cancer, I have Mm -hmm. cancer, or I have diabetes, or I have, you know, something wrong with my leg. That's kind of all you hear Mm -hmm. at that moment. And if you take someone else with you, they can help you put the pieces back together of the information that you missed while you were zoning out. Because trust me, you zone out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you don't you don't catch it all. Yeah, that's so good. You know, when Renee and I were finishing our time together, we were sitting on a patio. And at this point, we had laughed and cried. And we're really <laughs> just enjoying each other's company. It was in the middle of our conversation There was a lady that stopped at our table and with tears in her eyes, she said that she had heard us talking about Renee's story and she felt compelled to come to us. And in that moment, she reminded Renee that she is a blessing and her life and her story are a blessing. And this stranger was so sweet in the way that she encouraged us and just reminded us that we were children of God. One of the things that she said to me, which I find to be very true, is that this side of eternity, we probably won't see the ripple effects of our story. So, you know, Renee being willing to encourage and point other people to Jesus, we might not see the effects that that has on people. But as tears streamed down her face and she gave Renee a hug, we were moved in a way that could only be the Lord. It was a beautiful illustration of courage and obedience that this stranger came up to us and simply reminded Renee of who she is in Christ. Y'all, we didn't even know her name. We didn't catch her name. (laughs) I said, where did she come from? I know. Where did she come from? Because she had to have been, we left and they they closed down the coffee shop. Yep. And we're sitting there and I'm thinking like, 
where did this lady had to have been sitting in her car <laughs> and she probably was thinking i'm gonna look like a lunatic but i'm gonna go talk to these two ladies that's it she did it anyways <laughs> and honestly we may never see her again we don't know if she is a hilliard resident we don't even know where she came from but on that day she was the vessel that god chose and sent to encourage our conversation and our hearts You know, the reality of it is, is that we're all going to rub shoulders with cancer, whether it's you or a friend or a family member or a coworker. Unfortunately, we have all had those seasons of our lives where cancer has been a part of our world. But one of my favorite things about God is that he is redeeming the story. Amen. And what I love about my friend Renee is that her story is its own version of beautiful. It is God taking the broken and the messy pieces of bad test results and redeeming it to be something wonderful and worth sharing with others. For those of you that don't know Renee, she is a faithful servant at our church. She serves on the worship team and has the most beautiful voice. And every time I see her on that stage praising and worshiping our Lord, I'm reminded that she has a story and that God is using that story to encourage others. Renee has a light and a perspective that is so contagious. And it's not often that I sit next to someone sharing their story, especially a story about walking in the valley, where I go away from it feeling closer to Jesus. But that is my experience every time I'm with Renee. And my prayer for all of you listening is that this story encourages you and it reminds you that our God is so much bigger and so much greater than our circumstances. I truly believe that God created us to do relationships the way that Renee and I do. It's one-on-one, getting close to each other, moving the pillows that sit in between us (laughs) just so we can be closer, (laughs) and opening up in a very real and vulnerable way. I believe that if we just slow down and we don't get ahead of God, we have an opportunity to walk through the valleys and the mountaintops of life with the tribe that God has put before us. Renee, thank you so much from the very bottom of my heart for your courage and for your faith. You are such a gift to this world and your friendship is a true blessing to me. Well, thank you. It was definitely my pleasure to come and I hope that this is able that my story, my mom's story, um, is, is really able to help somebody because it is very difficult. It is overwhelming. Um, having cancer is definitely a mental, emotional game as well as a physical game. And, um, it, it takes a lot of, um, courage and work to sort of get through it all. Yeah. So you can do it. You can fight it. You can beat it. Oh, amen. That's so powerful. All right, I'm praying for y'all, and I'll see you next week.